Our Bible reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. I want to speak on just 12 words from this passage in Philippians 2. Well, that'll bring a smile to some of your faces, but these 12 words that I want to share on, I hope will not only bring encouragement for us today, but also act as a summary as we draw our sermon series to a close. And these 12 words are, shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. Just say that with me. Shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. You know, this Bible for Life series that uh, we've looked at has been one of my favourites. It's, it's also been one of the most powerful that we've done. Over these past four months, we've looked at how the Bible is the written word of God, but more than a book. It's a lamp for our path and food for our souls. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. We can hear God's still, small voice, even in the midst of the storm. He refines us through it with his holy fire. And the, we hold on to the unshakable promises of God that God has for us as his people. And his word is enduring, but we have to position ourselves to hear and receive it. Faith comes by hearing, Paul writes in Romans 10, and hearing by the word of God. And during this time, we've also followed our 100-day Bible reading plan, which has been built around these key Bible passages. And we've also read the Bible aloud in church over 72 hours. God has given us his precious, valuable word. And as we've seen, the Bible is for life. But you know, with ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive the truths within it, the Bible is also life for us. The word of God is for life and for living. But it's also life for us. We cannot live without it in the fullest, deepest, highest and most complete sense of living. And so building on everything that we've learnt over these four months and discovered and everything the Holy Spirit has challenged us and refined us and revealed to us, we have this word of encouragement for us today and in the days to come. Shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. And I want us to take a look at this. 
Let's first put this passage in context. Well, Philippians was written around about AD 61-62, during Paul's imprisonment in Rome. And it's clear that these believers in Philippi were very dear to Paul's heart. And it's not surprising when we think about it. Because of a vision in Acts 16, Paul goes to Macedonia, which is Greece, on his second missionary journey. And this is the first church that he plants in the area, around about, about AD 49 and 50. And among the people that he ministers to are Lydia, a businesswoman who opens her home to Paul and his co-workers in Acts 16, 13 to 15. And then the Philippian jailer, who's converted and his whole household under Paul's ministry after that miraculous earthquake opens the prison in Acts 16, 22 to 34. Amazing testimonies of God's grace and goodness. And I know from my own experience, something special happens in terms of friendship and closeness. The Holy Spirit knits a close and special bond when we share in the goodness and grace and miraculous power of God, even with those we previously do not know. Paul loves this fellowship. And so he writes to them from prison, not in response to a crisis as he does in other letters such as Galatians and Colossians, but to express his thankfulness for them, for their gift, and his affection for them as he encourages them to continue to live out their faith in joy and unity. And along with you know, some of the well-known great statements that we have in this letter, he encourages them with these words, shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. And I want us to think about what that means to us today. Shine as lights in the world. You know, to shine as a light, we first need to know the source and the structure of the light. And when it comes to our faith, this is so important. A light source is anything that makes light. And in simplistic terms, there are natural light sources such as the sun and stars and candlelight. And then there's artificial light sources such as light bulbs and lampposts and uh, even laptops. The light that I get from my laptop is not natural light. There's a difference between the sunlight that streams through my window and the light that I get from the laptop. There's a difference between natural and artificial light. And the problem we all face is that over the years, with all our technology, we've excelled in masquerading the two. Battery candles, sunbeds, and so on. And spiritually, this is even more the case. You see, when Paul was writing, and throughout history, and certainly in our day, people are continually searching for identity they're continually searching for meaning and purpose in their life and sadly they are looking to many artificial light sources to find the answers i don't really have time to explore this further except to lovingly challenge each one of us who in this covid season and before have turned to alternative sources of artificial light 
to find answers to life. Please hear me. There is only one source of everlasting light. And that is found in Jesus, the light of the world, John 8. And there is only one supernatural light source that shines in the world, causing the darkness to flee. And that is the light of Christ, shining in us, shining through us, shining upon us. No other light source will do. You know, Paul had literally and spiritually seen this light source for himself on the road to Damascus. When we're told that the light that shone around him was a light that shone from heaven. Acts 9 verse 3. And his life was forever turned around. That darkness that had gripped him where he was going to Damascus to persecute the Christians turned completely around into the brilliance of the light that stirred his heart to proclaim the gospel message. And through everything he had known and experienced in his life and in his ministry, including persecutions and shipwrecks and hardships, even here in Philippi, where he and Silas were beaten and thrown into prison, Acts 16 verse 23, Paul did not waver from the true source of light as he writes in chapter 1, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Nothing takes the place of the light of Christ. And then later on in the letter, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Paul knows that there's only one true and eternal source of light, and that is Jesus Christ. And he knows the only way we can shine reflecting this true light in the world is when Christ lives in us. I mean, just take the personal testimony that he gives in chapter 1, verse 13, when he says that it become evident. Remember, he's in prison. It become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. You know, the whole palace guard was a body of some 10,000 specially selected soldiers in Rome. They had special privileges such as double pay, and they'd become so powerful that even emperors had to court their favour. And because of his chains in Christ, Paul was able to witness to the whole of the palace guard. He was able to shine for the gospel. And you see, this is what Jesus wants us to do for him. Wherever we are, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, good and bad, to shine as lights in the world, to be a city on the hill, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, that cannot be hidden. A light that cannot be hidden by fear and hatred and control and doubt and desperation and pain and suffering and anxiety, all the kinds of things that are so prevalent today. And how the world needs the light of Christ in us to shine. 
But you see, without Jesus and his source of light in us, without Jesus and his love and his presence flowing in us, without the Holy Spirit's power and his word saturating and filling us and in us, we can do nothing. We can do no thing for his kingdom and his glory, as Jesus says in John 15. All we do is just masquerade around with titles and status. You see, no artificial source of light will do. No alternative path or message to the gospel or the latest fad will light up the darkness in our lives and in the lives of others. Only Jesus. And only Jesus in us will bring light and hope to the world. This is the light source. But then we come to the structure of the light. And just as natural light moves in waves and moves with a flow of particles we call protons, and that's about the extent of my scientific knowledge, so the light of Christ in us moves, if you like, in waves and with a flow. I know so much more about that. In other words, this is not light under a bushel kind of scenario. This is light that bursts out into the world and scatters the darkness around us. And Paul tells us in this passage what this light structure looks like for us, really starting in chapter 1, moving through to where we read in chapter 2. You see, this light structure looks like, as he writes in chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very one thing, that he, Jesus, who's begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, Christ's light in us, it doesn't fail or go out. Quite the opposite. His light keeps us shining brighter and brighter and will go on shining in us into eternity. It looks like being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ, Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. In other words, the waves of his presence do not decrease and the energy does not decrease, but it increases in power, filling us and bringing us closer to Jesus, to the praise and glory of God. A bit like with the palace guards with Paul, people can't help but see God's light in us. It looks like in chapter 1 verse 27-28 that our conduct being worthy of the gospel of Christ, standing fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not being terrified of adversaries. In other words, as his light moves within us and changes us and makes us more like him, our conduct, our, our behaviour makes us more worthy and more courageous to shine his light. The structure of his light in us also looks like humility. Humbling ourselves as Jesus did in chapter 2 as we write, 
who, as we read, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Chapter 2, verses 6 and 8. You see, pride and arrogance are waves that drag us into darkness. Humility and obedience are waves that keep us flowing and burning for him. The structure of this light looks like us being blameless and harmless children of God. Chapter 2 verse 15. Where we work out our salvation with fear and trembling where we lay down complaining and disputing, where we stand out as pure and holy among what Paul calls a crooked and perverse generation, where there's no change there for us and for today. What a difference, for example, it would make if the church today would stop complaining about each other, would stop ripping into each other on social media and other forms of press, but actually focus on that unity and that holiness and that purity as the structure of shining for Jesus. And this structure of light looks like holding fast to the word of life. And I just want to finish with this. You know, when we let go of God's written and spoken word. When we stop reading and listening, when we stop studying and meditating, when we stop praying and communing, communing with God and his word, it's as if we are turning the lights off. You know, this Greek word, holding fast, epeko, it's from two words, epi, which means around and above and before and below. It's kind of all around us. And echo, which means to hold, echo. We all know that if we're in a cave and we sing out a note, that sound holds for a while, but then it fades. But for us to make a continuous sound, you have to sing again and again and again. You see, holding fast to the word of life is a bit like that. It's, it's not holding fast to his word as a one-off activity, just picking up the Bible and just reading it once. It's not a weekend hobby or a, a Sunday matter where we just open it and read it. It's not even something that we do for a while and then we just put it down like another book, gathering dust. Holding fast demands, as we've seen over these four months, it, it demands a continuous movement and motion. And you see, as we continually read and pray through God's word and meditate and study, only then will the light of God's word shine and keep shining in and through us for his glory and the praise of his name.
You know, in the Bible, we have the most precious gift. And with the Holy Spirit, we have his most precious presence. Word and Spirit. And so when Paul writes to us, shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. He knows the two have to go together. We cannot shine as lights in the world without holding fast to his word. So we have to know it and read it and feed on it and live it. But at the same time, the condition of holding fast is that we shine for his glory. And you and I are called to such a life. I think the challenges we face in the world today, in our community, in our culture, society, in our lives, cannot be understated. There are so many artificial sources and structures of light masquerading, if you like, as the way we should live our lives or the truth that we should believe in. But there is only one true source of light, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. As John writes in the opening chapter, Jesus, the word, the Logos, through whom all things were made. He came into the world as light, shining in the darkness. And we read in verse 4, that in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Only his source of light is everlasting. And only his structure of light causes darkness to flee. And the wonder of it all is that he chooses to use you and me to shine for him. If you like to be those beacons and city on a hill where our, our lights can never be hidden, shining for his glory, so that all men would give glory to his name. And I want to encourage each one of them, us. Let him shine in you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with his presence. As you spend time with him in spirit and word, let him refine you in your conduct. Let him humble you and purify your heart so that as you hold fast to his word of life, you will radiate for him. Whether it's in the midst of 10,000 selected soldiers, as in the case of Paul, or whether it's simply to our neighbour next door, or the one in front. They shine for him and for the glory of his name. Let's pray. Just reminded of that word of encouragement. 
shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Just take a moment, let the Holy Spirit come and flood into your home, pour into your heart. I just have a sense for some of us, it's, it's like literally the sunlight, the natural light is breaking into your homes right now. Just revealing that greater light, the supernatural light of Christ, shining into your hearts and into your lives. Let him shine. For some of us, we need to ask for forgiveness where we've not held fast to his word. Where our conduct and lifestyle has not been worthy of our calling, of his calling upon our lives. Where we've been proud and arrogant in our thinking and have not humbled ourselves before him. Just take a moment, just allow the Holy Spirit to show those areas in your hearts and lives. Where if you like, just darkness has taken a grip. And, and even I just, uh, there are some out there that I believe that God is speaking to you. You've turned to artificial light sources to, to seek out answers for your lives. And you may have done this out of pain and hurt. But they're not going to provide you the answers. And the light is only a superficial light. And it will not bring transformation and change. And I just, you know, want to, I kind of feel there's a burden on my heart to literally cry out to you to, to lay these things down. And to turn to Jesus and to look to Jesus as the light of the world. Maybe even get on your knees and ask forgiveness. Jesus, I'm sorry for looking elsewhere. Please forgive me. I choose to turn to you, the light of the world. Come and fill me with your light and with your love. And I ask for each one of us right now that we would be filled to overflow with the light and love of Christ, that we would shine for his glory and that the world would see Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the saviour of the world. And he calls you and I to be light for him. I bless you right now. Let your light shine for his glory and for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and week. And let me close this service by praying God's blessing upon you. May the love of the Lord Jesus Fill your hearts. May the light of the Lord Jesus shine upon you and radiate in the atmosphere. And may the joy of the Lord Jesus be your strength, giving you courage to shine for him. And the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Well, God bless you and we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Bye for now.